This is the podcast for December 30th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Reported live from just outside beautiful, mysterious Iowa, a land of contrasts. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And in conclusion, <laughs> Iowa is a land of contrast. It is indeed a land of contrast. Now over to you, Mark Halperin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking at these poll numbers, Blue Gal, you can see that Iowa is indeed a land of contrast. <laughs> Up and down. You know, this doesn't look like a primary. This looks like a physics experiment. This looks like um, the heat death of the Republican Party. Yeah. Which, yeah. at the end of the universe, all energy is diffused evenly everywhere. So there's no planets, there's no well, galaxies. Well, that leaves you with the, the vanilla pudding of Mitt Romney after yeah, all exactly. that cooking. <laughs> Just cook it down and cook it down. Yeah. Add a little cornstarch and it'll be good. Well, there's like, yeah, there's, there's nothing but diffused yeah. cooling energy, which yeah. is Mitt Romney. And one sort of white hot chunk of crazy left, which is Ron Paul. Yeah. <clears throat> and Don't stir that in. There's just yeah. no stirring that in. There never has been. So. Yeah. No, and that's it. That's that's what Iowa. That's what the GOP has come down to. Your your choice of poisons. Which which for, which type of crazy do you want? Do you want a a cyborg, who whose components are actually encased in lucite, so you can actually watch him screw you. You can actually watch him look at you and calculate what do I need to say now to win your vote? Yeah, and yeah. and extrude an answer that you know is manufactured. You know he doesn't believe any of this shit because. It's it's transparently obvious. And Ron Paul, who, as we always say, is 30 percent right, 70 percent crazy. Apparently, 30 percent right, 60 percent crazy, 10 percent bigot, which doesn't yeah. surprise anybody no. who knows no. who's gone to high school with libertarians, because that ideology attracts some very whacked out people who use libertarian ideology as a fig leaf for their bigotry. Well, and it's a white male movement. It is. And that's what is so hilarious to me about the quote-unquote liberals who are toying with Ron Paul is they're yeah. all white men, like Andrew Sullivan. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I want you to – we're going to just dive right in and talk about Andrew Sullivan because okay. we have a lot of time today. And sure. you found this golden nugget of amazing – Well, it's just it's, – That Andrew it, Sullivan wrote that – does does just blow everyone's it blew my mind so let's just go ahead and and start dive right in with andrew sullivan well andrew sullivan has had a whirlwind romance with ron paul yeah. if you've and andrew sullivan is a, is the is the greatest blogger in the world according yeah. to harvard esquire and harvard yeah. review and yeah. so forth he drives a million readers a week or whatever he he is the tentpole for the daily beast he's a big fucking deal and he's a former conservative who's still a conservative insists that the entire conservative movement simply left him but he is the true conservative. Everyone else is just crazy. He carried water for them. But this is essentially a Tory. This is a British, a gay British Catholic, Catholic conservative. Pardon me? Yeah, Catholic. Go ahead. A gay British Catholic conservative who came to the United States and really doesn't understand this country at all. Has been here a long time. Now a citizen of this country. Bless his heart. Doesn't understand one fucking thing about the United States. Does not understand our southern history. Does not understand what the Civil War and slavery did to this country. Does not understand the deep abiding hatred for black people, for northerners, for cities, that's all bundled up in a religious package that is what the, the, the rump 
battalion of the Confederacy still is to this day. That they they have been dragged kicking and screaming. And that is the Republican base. That is the Republican Party. Yeah, that of is the United the States, movement. absolutely. That is the core of not just the GOP, but the core of the conservative movement. Yeah. They laid out all of these these flowers and candy for the George Wallace voters and for the Jerry Falwell voters, and they brought them all into the party. And now the party is those people. And and Andrew Sullivan went along with that perfectly contentedly for. 11 twelfths of the life of the modern GOP. And only after Iraq started to go south that he jumped ship. And, and a bunch of other people have jumped ship as well. And he suddenly noticed, oh my God, the party's full of crazy people. What's wrong with those people? And the answer is no. What's wrong with you, man? How did you fucking fail to notice that you were consorting with the scum of, of this society? And the answer is he lives in a fucking dorm room mentally. Yeah. Yeah. He lives in a, in a happy little bubble with his fellow dorm room, ivory tower, theoretical classroom conservatives, most of whom come from other countries. David Frum is from Canada. David Brooks is from Canada. <laughs> the rest of them are for, from fuck knows where. But they really, really, on a, on a very basic level, do not understand this country at all and yet presume to preach to us. And so one of the questions – and so he's had this whirlwind romance with the Iraq war and a whirlwind romance with – uh, race, In the past science. two weeks with Ron Paul. Ron Paul. He loves Ron Paul. He endorsed Ron Paul. He was all excited about Ron Paul because Ron Paul whiffs of Maggie Thatcher. That's sort of – Say that uh, again. He sort, of, he sort of whiffs of Maggie Thatcher. Maggie Margaret. Thatcher, okay. okay. That sort of take on all comers, honest as the day is long, true believer. He sounds radical, but his ideas have some purchase and have some value. And then suddenly – and so he as he does with most stupid ideas, he jumped in with both feet. And then he suddenly noticed that Ron Paul has this horrible history, this, this history of racism, uh, homophobia, this consorting with birchers, crackpot theories. And he, he's been backpedaling like fuck all away from Ron Paul, but trying not to admit that he got this one wrong again. Because let's face it, Andrew Sullivan's history is, is passionate embrace of something that he does not fucking understand at all. And then he holds onto it and holds onto it and sneers at people who disagree with him. Then it blows up in his face. Then he pretends he was right all along, has no idea. And then he, the, the, the denouement is always never to acknowledge that other people were right and he was wrong yeah, all along, yes, yeah. as with Ron Paul. So he has this lovely thing about why aren't gays attacking Ron Paul? And David Weigel wonders why the homophobia in the newsletter hasn't gotten much attention. And then he quotes Dan Savage saying, there's no comparing Ron Paul to Santorum and Savage because Paul is Paul a, will leave us alone. I think that's what Dan yeah. Savage was saying, that Ron Paul didn't want to make homosexuality illegal right. because that goes against his constitutional principles, whereas right. uh, Rick Santorum does want to make homosexuality illegal. So Rick yeah. Santorum is the quote-unquote real enemy here. And then and, <laughs> he followed, but he follows up with my favorite sentence of the last week, which is, agreed, the attempt by the left – and the neocon right to make Paul out to be the real bigot in this race is gobsmacking. The real bigot. The real we have bigot. to find the real bigot in the Republican yeah. Party. That's what cracked me up. It's like, only, you know, let's do let's do a search for the real bigot, O.J. Simpson. It's like Duncan McLeod, you know, <laughs> it's like the Highlander. In the end, there can be only one, one bigot. bigot. <laughs> hey, Andrew, Andrew, the whole fucking party is based on bigotry, if you haven't fucking noticed. And the reason, I, first of all, I don't know what left you're talking about, but it always delights me when some – imbecile Tory conservative comes to my, my country to preach to me what the left really thinks. Yes. You don't know the first fucking thing about the left other than it is the conservative movement back in your country. 
The left most resembles what the conservative movement in Britain looks like now, Andrew. And the reason you don't want to be a liberal, even though all of your views line up with liberalism, is because liberals don't get invited to write for the Daily Beast or to show up on television yeah. like you do. Yeah, and you're so, a novelty by being a, the gay conservative. That makes yeah, the you gay a Catholic novelty. conservative. Yeah. That's yeah. edgy. No, it's really kind of stupid uh, at the end of the day. But the second thing that cracked me up was the attempt by the left and the neocon to make Paul out to be the real bigot in this race. No, see, here's the thing. Everybody on the left who has been watching politics since the 80s, since Jerry Falwell, since Ronald Reagan, since your hero Ronald Reagan took the party over Andrew and drove it off the fucking evangelical cliff, knows that evangelical bigotry is baked into the GOP cake. It's part of your fucking DNA. It's who you are. So it doesn't surprise us that Rick Santorum is a bigot. Of course he's a bigot. He's an evangelical conservative Republican. Therefore, he is a bigot. Yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't surprise anybody because that's been true for 30 years. What's novel and interesting is that Ron Paul is a libertarian who's also apparently a bigot. Oh, it's, it's a new thing. It's a completely new angle. He doesn't believe in bombing the crap out of other countries. He doesn't believe in American embassies and bases all over the world, which I happen to agree with. Yeah, well, there's but a lot of looks- things we agree with Ron Paul about. Yeah. You and I have said we'd love to have him auditing the <clears throat> Defense Department. <laughs> the perfect place for him. Yeah. Give him, give him power of it. Give him, give him uh, subpoena, subpoena power. power. Have him call all of Dick Cheney's friends in front of Congress and talk about $600 toilet seats for a year. Yeah. Find them all, cut the budget there, and say, you can't have wingnut welfare anymore. Period. We're not going to let the taxpayers pay for that anymore. And put Dennis Kucinich right next to him and and go to town. We're all for that. Yeah, the, 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 the Truman Committee during World War II of waste, fraud, and abuse. Put him in charge of something like that. And he'd do a wonderful job. But... The reason Sullivan uh, backed Paul, the reason he endorsed him was not so much that he'd be a good president. I don't. I think he was extremely, uh, extremely unclear about whether that would be a good thing. That, but that Ron Paul was the right curative, the right palliative for the GOP because the GOP is crazy. No, dude, you don't put some. Because you think he's a good horse pill for what ails you, yeah, yeah. for what your party ails you. You put the person at the top of the ticket who would most likely be a good president of the United States or accomplish whatever the goals and, and means are, whatever your ideological ends are of your party. Oh, there is, and that's there is no goal in the Republican <clears throat> Party the right now except we got to beat Barack Obama. That's it. Right. Right, and that's why they're going. That's why they're falling in line behind as as much as you can observe it, falling in line behind Willard slowly. Yeah, behind Willard yeah. because he is a good. He's the Borg. Yeah, and yeah. he will accomplish their number one goal. And as much as they hate the idea that this pro-choice, pro-health care Mormon, yeah. <laughs> who is clearly lying all the time, and you can see it. It's just it's right there in front of you. You can see him lying to you all the time. They hate that black man in the White House a little bit more, yep. just a little bit more. And that's enough for the bigot base of the party to finally choke it down and go with Romney. That's enough. And Romney has money, and money is their fucking morality. If, if bigotry is their ideology, then, then the morality of the conservatives, the morality of the Republican Party is if you're rich, you must be right. Well, Romney's richer than anybody else, therefore he must be he right. He must be the most moral person out yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Well, I wonder uh <laughs> I wonder if that isn't why a lot of progress of us progressives aren't voting for Obama though is because yeah. we hate the Republican party more. I hate the fact that 
the political discourse in this country has become vote for the person you hate the, le- the least. Yeah. But I do too. it has. I mean, uh-huh. that's where we're at. Well, that's the country you and I live in, babe. Yeah, I that's, know. That's where I we know. live. I wish we lived in a different, you know, as, as I write occasionally about the better universe. Yeah. yeah. Where your choices are between one person who has a a reasonable, hopeful, pragmatic view of the future and a, a way to get there. And another person who has a reasonable, pragmatic, uplifting view of the future and has a different way of getting there. And then you argue and fight and debate and you come to some common ground and consensus and occasionally yell at each other and, and break pottery. Mm-hmm. But that's democracy. That's yeah. life in a democracy. We don't live in that country anymore. Well, and that's my New Year's resolution. You know, I haven't shared this with you yet. Uh-oh. My New Year's resolution okay. is <laughs> is to choose hope over despair. Mm. That's okay. That's my New Year's resolution. Wow, I know who you're voting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guessed, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah, I no, I, I choose despair. Thank you very much. I yeah. I think despair is very much uh, you know, that despair dollar, that's a good dollar. You know, well, you know I hate to say that, but it is really true that a Republican yeah. Senate and a Republican White House is good for the blogosphere. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrible and, and for the for me, country, but there's nothing like job security. If you've got Republicans in office, you can just scream, fuck you, fuck you, you know, over so and over again and not have to analyze anything. And every, we've talked about this before. Fuck, so you're saying fuck I should Bush. That, is a, fuck you, George Bush. is a real easy way to blog, and you don't have well, to make anything up. You know. You, you remember one of the one of the last things I have up at the uh, up at the castle <clears throat> is the Ron Paul 2008 lawn sign I salvaged. Yeah, I know you still so, have that. I still have it. I still have it. You're not I putting that in front of our house, though. I'll put it in front of somebody's house. Oh, I'll that. tell you that. <laughs> Job security, baby. You know, because hey, you know if. Uh, the the thing again, we made a little joke about pundits at the top of the show, but really, I've watched political television for the last few days because it's we're in this we're in what should be a calm period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. This, Congress is home, Barack Obama's on on vacation and raising money. There's no legislative anything going on. Right. There's a bunch of crazy people running around in Iowa trying to get a bunch of farmers to take them seriously. This should be a fairly goofy time, but. Because the machinery of cable television is built for 24-7 coverage of politics, that's all you see. So there, there's, there are thousands of people who are second and third tier political reporters and political pundits just reading polls yeah. all day long, yeah. all night long. And, and I just I, – well, I can do that. Shit. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not grotesque. You can put me on camera. I, have, I believe I have a fairly – reasonable voice. I could sit and look at a camera and read the latest Quinnipiac poll out of Des Moines. You can about, say Quinnipiac. I can say Quinnipiac. I can say Des Moines. I can say Dubuque. I can say Muscatine. I can well, say Well, I know what your New Year's resolution is. Employment. Yeah. <laughs> well, there yeah, you go. That's it. We really and, want to find and, you a job this year. Well, and speaking of that, uh, I, my, my one of my New Year's resolutions, which I don't usually have, I don't, I don't have, is, is to have a more realistic appraisal of my future, yeah, and our future yeah. in a very, very, and, and by realistic I mean no false modesty, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no grandiosity, but no false modesty. So when I look around at who writes political stuff, political, cultural, science fictional, observational stuff in the blogosphere, and and for Esquire and Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone and major magazines, you can do that. I, I, yeah. I 
one of the things that um, diving into my archives to find a post for Batocchio. Yeah, and we who, want to mention if, that. We if you all haven't haven't heard about it yet, Batocchio has put together Batocchio has done an incredibly good job, a yeoman's effort. At vagabondscholar.blogspot.com. Yep. Uh-huh. And we'll we'll put a link up with this post. But it's this year's John Smith Memorial John Anthology. Swift. John I'm sorry, John Smith. John <laughs> I mean, Smith, I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay. John Swift's Memorial Anthology. John Swift was a wonderful blogger, also named Al Wiesel. Uh, that was his name in the real world. Uh, and he put together these beautiful anthologies of the, of the lesser-known bloggers and writers of the blogosphere. And our pal, friend of the blog, friend of the podcast, Batocchio, has taken up the torch and does this every year. And part of what I had to do to get a post for him was to go through my own archives. And other than wincing at all of the typos, selling errors and <laughs> Typos, which I just can't catch. When I'm wearing my writer's hat, I can't. I yeah. physically can't see this stuff. And, and when I put my editor's hat on, it's usually three days too late to go back and fix it. But other than wincing at those those things and transpositions, I look at just the the quality of the words on the page with an unjaundiced, cold, calculating red pen eye, and it's pretty good. Well, and, and, and I, I think you've got to decide by the end of the year: are you going to give up your anonymity and actually yeah. try to get a writer's gig, or Get a job someplace else, and we'll we'll work on that together. We'll just work on that together. Keep you posted. But I I think that 2012 is going to be a very interesting year. It's going to be a year of contrast. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a year of of realistic appraisals and assessments. And I want to switch what? gears just a little bit and talk sure, about sure, sure. the list that we came up with. Just looking up the word treason. Yeah. Because you and I had talked about language and how language is used. That's our that's our the tools of our trade. Yeah, and, and this is the second theme that we wanted to talk about tonight, which is the use and and not counting Ann Coulter because I just sort of dismiss her. Yeah. But the number of conservatives who have used the word treason or treasonous against mm-hmm. liberals or Democrats or anyone who disagrees with them has been staggering. And, and casually. Yeah. It's become yeah. It has become really uh, – I'm looking at the same list, and there's Bill O'Reilly, there's Tom DeLay, there's Eric Erickson. And there's basically anybody who goes on Hannity's radio show. Yeah. That seems to be the Shell place Bachman where you repeatedly. can let that flag fly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it's something and, that needs to stop. Yeah. and, and For and America. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it's, it's because it really has become just – viciously demonizing liberals, which this is the part I can't forgive the right for. Well, and I don't think Mitt Romney hates America. I don't think Michelle Bachman hates America. I think she hates some Americans. I think Mitt Romney... Her policies are antithetical to some Americans. That's different. I think Mitt Romney wants to lay off America. Yeah. Because it can be run much more efficiently as a private Without workers, yeah. Yeah. I think he has that kind of cyborg brain where yeah, yeah. just if we just got rid of the people, this yeah, machine would yeah. run very efficiently. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, and you have to discount people who are just outright foaming at the mouth crazy. crazy. Yeah, sure. But well, that's why I discount Ann Coulter. I mean, yeah, she's just she she's would do anything for attention. So I just don't pay any attention has. to her. But the the number of people and elected officials as well who learned from Newt Gingrich. Yep, that's, that you, you call can, them you, traitors. 
you can spot the moment in American, modern American political history, because obviously this was going on during the McCarthy era. But in modern political history, there was a time, kids, yeah. <laughs> there was a time, youngsters, when it was unthinkable. Yeah, where civility a, sort of mattered. Yeah. Where a, a major uh, media figure who wanted to be taken seriously or a major political figure would stand up and point to a member of the media, a member of the clergy, a member of the opposition, and call them traitors without even thinking about it, just automatically. The way that that the dirty Jews crept into, as a phrase, crept into German language yeah, yeah. during the during the teens and twenties, just blame them for everything. It's just as a conversational, almost punctuation. Mm-hmm. You know, normal middle class people having a normal middle class conversation would suddenly drop this bomb into the middle of the conversation because that's how their brains work. They had just come to accept the fact that the Jews were responsible for everything yeah. that was going yeah. wrong and yeah. they were evil internal enemies. That has become my country. Yeah. And it started with Newt fucking Gingrich. Newt Gingrich was the pioneer in telling the Republican Party, this is not a both sides do it thing at all. It, the destruction of our civil discourse began with Newt Gingrich and the class of 94. Yep. It was well underway before that. Jerry Falwell did awful, terrible things. And the right wing radio under Rush Limbaugh during the late 80s and early 90s did terrible things to this country. But the person who, who injected that into political discourse and made it and okay. trained a group of congressmen to do this. Stand in front of a microphone and call your opponents un-American. Yeah. Call them traitors. Call them liars. Call them cowards. Mm-hmm. That was Newt Gingrich and, and his willing stooges who became the modern Republican Party. The other people who were guilty of that. David fucking Gregory, people like that, people yeah. who who Let still that. have Newt Gingrich on the air, even though Newt Gingrich violated the first rule of civil discourse, which is you cannot say this shit and be allowed to get away. Because the minute you let him get away with it, it's like training a fucking puppy. The minute you let him get away with it, they're going to pee in that spot for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that has to be in. And so calling the president of the United States, a socialist monster, a man who deliberately wants to wreck this country so he can turn us over to his foreign paymasters or whatever the fuck the, the, the current paranoid theory is this week, has become perfectly acceptable discourse. Even Mitt Romney talks about how much the president hates this country yeah, and yeah. is trying to destroy the economy. And yeah, all he doesn't economic- want you to have a job. Yeah, right. he said that. It's just and astonishing to me. That, that he is... That 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 is okay, and that's the thing we have to fix. Because as long as it's okay to say that, as long as the people like David Gregory, I keep coming back to him, people like that in the media, permit folks who use that language to come on television and sit there unchallenged and unhumiliated and unabashed, this is going to go on and on and on. This is only going to get worse, and eventually it's going to come to open gunplay. Well, and, and the problem is that for a person in the media, that becomes a badge of honor if you can get someone to say something like that. It, you yeah. know, with Chris Matthews says, we created Michelle Bachman mm-hmm. because she was on the air with him when she said, you know, some members of Congress are un-American and we need to have an investigation as to who is pro-America or not. And uh-huh. That kind of cra- you know, he just let her talk. Now, to in his defense, she looked really bad, and she was yeah. the poster child for really bad politics for a long time because of that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to draw the line and say, you know what? You can't come on my show anymore if you're going to pull that kind of crap. Yeah, 
because yeah. it's, and, because and, that's un-American. Saying you're going to investigate uh, fellow Congress people for being traitors mm-hmm. is un-American. Yeah, you can't you can't have, and that only works, frankly, on the left. Yeah. Because, so what? Fox will have them on over and over and over again. Yeah, you get your own show for saying stuff exactly. like that. So yeah. I, I, people like Lawrence O'Donnell, who have who um, told Joe Walsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't um, come on my show anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're a deadbeat. You're a lying deadbeat, dead, and you can't come on my show anymore. Period. Yeah. That's that's something, but it is the the lang- the language of contempt and hatred is so pervasive now. And you know what? I do it as well. But I, I reserve my my contempt and my my vitriol for people who really earn it. Yeah. It, if you I don't I don't subscribe to I don't I, I would never be baited into a belief that the president of the United States wasn't really the president because he didn't have a birth certificate. Yeah and or to his credit, Newt Gingrich corrected someone on that yesterday. Yeah. But you know, but, it, but it's it's three years too late. Yeah. yeah, and and we spent the first year of the Obama presidency listening to raging idiots, huh. raving lunatics in tri-corner hats, yep. pretending first that they weren't Republicans, and secondly that the president wasn't the president. And by the way, his his health care plan, his modest American enterprise was death panel, <laughs> was trying to kill Granny. Yeah, and these people were not summarily thrown out of. The no, the camera was up. turned on them over and over and over again, whether there were four yeah. people in a room. And that is where, and that's where we broke, and and that's 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 our broken media. I will very freely use the word traitor with Dick Cheney. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you are if you were in charge of if you were a defense contractor slash oil executive yeah. who was in charge of the U.S. Slashing, Senate, yes, in charge of the U.S. Senate, who was in charge of slashing taxes for your rich buddies, carving up the Middle East for your for your friends, for your defense contractor and oil buddies. Hiding the facts of that and then lying this country into a war and then botching that war. You know what? You get to be called traitor because you betrayed this country. And if for you money. vote this clown, yeah, you are a, you betrayed this country because what Dick Cheney was, what what George Bush wa- were, were as clear as the nose on your face by 2004. And if you voted for them, you betrayed this country. Yeah. And if you spent the last eight years of the Bush administration calling people like me a traitor – for asking those questions. And then pretended no once 2009 turned around that you never did that or that you're now a tea party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, forget you have it. No fucking is participating in our in our democracy. You have no you have no business being a citizen of this country. You're a child. You're either a child or you're mentally deficient, but you're certainly not a grown-up adult citizen and you cer- and, and your opinion certainly should not count. The problem is it does count because you can work a remote control, and you have money in your pocket, and therefore you're a customer. Right. And you will always find a Fox that's News selling. willing to call you a stud, because that's what the relationship is between these people and Fox News. The relationship between a, a hooker and a John. Yeah. For money. On that Fox note. News, <laughs> yeah. For money, Fox <laughs> News will call you a stud and a patriot and a hero, and you're none of those things. You're a bigot and a liar and a fool. In, in ha- summation. Happy- <laughs> I want to say that 2011 for us, with all of the downs that have happened in in the past year, has been a good year for us. Has been a year of contrast? A year of contrast. But we're very grateful to be here. We're very grateful to be married to each other. We're very happy (laughs) to be together. Mm -hmm. We kind of need each other. We kind of do. And we're grateful for you because 
you listeners have kept us going, have supported us, have buttressed <laughs> the the emotional turmoil that this year has been for all of us. And uh-huh. we love you. And mm-hmm. thank you for being there. We we so appreciate it. We have a gift for you, and that is that at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, currently there is a picture of the actual Internet Kitties. Yes. If you listen on uh, iTunes or elsewhere and haven't been to our website, go to our website and take a peek at the actual pair of Internet Kitties, who also thank you for the kibble and the catnip and for giving Drift Glass whiskey this year. Yes. <laughs> and the yes. yarn. The yarn for Mama. We, we appreciate all the things you send. And the garlic. And the garlic. Oh, my gosh. I had garlic yesterday. So good. Yeah. Uh, we uh, have lots of ways that you can get in touch with us. You can write us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. You can also write us at our P.O. Box, which is the Professional Left Podcast. P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. If you write us in any way, we reserve the right to read your email or letter on the air unless you say otherwise. At our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there's an opportunity for you to support this podcast by pitching five bucks in the hat, either as a one-time contribution, as a monthly contribution, you can also send us a check at our P.O. Box. And uh, people have done that all three ways, and we are just so grateful to you for your support. Uh, it it keeps us going uh, body and soul, and mm-hmm. we need it, and we're grateful for it. We're on iTunes, and we are also on Facebook. There is a link to our Facebook page at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. We have an iTunes app at the iTunes store. It is only for Apple products at the moment. Uh, If you buy that app, it gives you our podcast, bonus podcast content, and our Twitter streams and our blogs. And uh, it's a great little thing to have. Uh, If you buy the app, we ask that you rate it. And we're grateful to you for doing that. Thank you so much for all of your support this year. Is there anything else we have to say besides thank you and happy thank new you. year? Happy new year. Uh, we, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you're a little in my throat. It's my, it's my heart, blue gal. <laughs> it's so full. <laughs> it is. Um, it's been a wonderful year. We've both uh, been able to do amazing things. Uh, we were able to. Uh, meet people we enjoyed. We were able to, you know what? Clip all this. <laughs> now I've got to clip something. I was hoping not Sorry. to have to clip anything. <laughs> Sorry. Let, let's just go to the closing yeah. and we'll be done. Ready? Sure. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, the Internet Kitties would like David Brooks and Mitt Romney to just get a room already. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovey. Let's forget about the whine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.